It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book Close Encounters of the Worst Kind and the captivating memoir Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Hope you're all doing well. Um, It's a shame that we are sort of back under the control of... um, of the COVID, the new COVID and having to wear masks again. I know that for me, it's very uncomfortable as it probably is for all of you, but we do what we have to do and hopefully this will pass quickly. Today, we're going to be talking about the difference between happiness and elation. I think that is something that many of us confuse. So why aren't people happy? The answer might be about perspective rather than reality. Many people may indeed be happy, but they don't realize it because they are confusing happiness with elation. According to a 2020 survey, 14% of American adults say that they are very happy, down from 31% who said the same in 2018. Special guest, entrepreneur Stephen D'Angelo, says people often question their level of happiness, both at work and at home. He says the key to achieving true satisfaction is understanding the difference between happiness and elation. Too often we think elation is happiness, but it is not. Elation is the positive emotional response to unique events in our lives, getting married, winning the World Series or Super Bowl, getting a job or promotion, a new romance, earning a degree, having a baby, etc. These events don't happen every day, and they shouldn't. The problem is we expect to feel elation daily. When we don't, we wonder why we are not happy. Stephen D'Angelo is a best-selling author, leadership coach, and business executive with D'Angelo Advisors. With more than 30 years of experience in the software technology industry, leading high-performing global organizations, he has a keen awareness of the lifestyle changes and mindsets, mindset approaches that everyone, regardless of chosen field or background, should follow to live a happy, healthy, and successful life. Good morning, Stephen, and welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. Well, thank you. Good morning to you, Randy. Thank you for having me. Very much appreciate it. Well, you are very welcome, and I'm very happy to have you today. Um, I think this is a really, really important topic. It's something we may not talk about, but I think we all think about. So how do you define happiness? So I think the best definition of happiness is the pursuit of a worthwhile goal or objective. And when you think about our lives, when you think about when we feel fulfilled or when we feel engaged, we feel productive, we feel happy, it's usually because there's something going on in our lives that we are pursuing. Um, Maybe it's, uh, I want to help my children's Education. I want to help them be better students, so I put a plan together, and I'm working with them toward that. I'm occupied in a positive activity, or maybe I set a goal in my in my work life that I want to do X, Y, or Z. If I'm a sales professional, I want to sell a certain amount. If I'm an engineer, I want to develop a certain amount of code for my company. And you kind of put a plan in place, and you're focused on that objective. I think that really truly is, at the end of the day, happiness because we are pursuing something that is interesting to us that we feel we are making the world a better place we're going to make our lives better and it's the pursuance of a goal not necessarily achieving it we all love to achieve great things but when you think about people being engaged and being happy they're pursuing a positive direction that's how i would sum up the definition 
Okay. I have to agree. I think that's a great way to sum it up. And what is elation? I know I said a few things about it in the intro, but why don't you tell us um, what what you believe elation is? Yes. So I think you summed it up really well. It, it's interesting. When you think about elation, we all experience it in our lives. And elation is when that special emotional, mental uh, enlightenment elation <laughs> takes place. And something when our life is something special, and we feel that extra adrenaline, that extra happiness, that extra excitement, you know, things like you mentioned, maybe I have a new relationship in my life, and God, I just feel really great about that, or I just got a promotion, I just got a raise, my child was just accepted in a university Um I'm having a birthday party for my husband or wife. You know, you're involved in this elation feeling. The challenge that we all have and maybe even the problem that exists is we get to those elation feelings and we ask ourselves, why don't I feel this good all the time? Why, why am I not feeling this elation all the time? And in my book, A Single Day of Peace, which was a book written to help people live a more happy and successful life, I talk about the topic that – you know, elation is not a constant state. Um, happiness, when you think about what happiness is, I mentioned pursuing a worthwhile objective, but then when you also take a little bit of gratitude and think about all the things going on in your life, including the elation moments, when you sit back and think about that and or are able to separate elation emotion with happiness emotion, I think people will become to realize, your listeners here will become to realize that, wow, in the overall scheme of things, I'm living a pretty good, happy life. I realize that I have these elation moments, and those are terrific, but for me to expect to always feel that way, that, that's unrealistic. And I'll add one more point where I think we get a little infected, I'll use that term, we get a little infected in our brains is because we're consumed with lots of social media, lots of media, lots of these uh, TV shows illustrating families, and they're all portrayed as, my God, everybody's on the, the height of elation all the time. You know, you go to social media, people are posting things, and I think it, it, it to a degree does infect our thought process to say, well, why am I not always this happy all the time like they all appear to be? And that's a falsehood where we all experience ups and downs and no one is elated all the time. But we do get kind of infected to think that other people are, but they're really not. So if you balance that definition of elation that I talked about with what really happiness is, I think your listeners here, we all will feel much more gratified that, wow, you know, we do have challenges, but overall, we have a pretty happy state of being. Great, great explanation. Elation, the way that you describe it, is really kind of a level of stress in the body um, that if we maintain that all the time, it would really be unhealthy for our bodies. Am I getting that right? I think you are. Um, in, the, in the thought of being more balanced and spiritual and connected with your own inner spirit and the universe around us, if you're always at that high level or candidly always at that low level of stress, like you mentioned, neither of those end degrees are good for you. I often coach leaders uh, when I do my, my consulting with companies and executives, a simple statement, never get too high and never get too low. You know, don't get too high when things are going great and think you're, you know, you're all achieving and never get too low and think, boy, I, I'm a loser. <laughs> this is not going well. In between is the reality. You're going to have the highs and lows. And if you always had highs, if you always lived that elation moment, that would not be a healthy thing, just like living all the stress moments all the time would not be healthy. We must find a good state of mind, a good spiritual mindset of an even keel and realize my life is going to be some ups, some downs, and a lot of in-betweens. And I just have to have the right mindset to recognize that that's just the way life works. So balance in our life is, is really the reality that we are aiming for, right? Yes. 
Yeah, absolutely true. Balance in all aspects of our lives, so, so critical. Uh, And I agree with you, what you say about Facebook and the media and those kind of things. It is, it's, it's very, very confusing. And many people measure their lives against these things. Um, They measure their lives against their friends on Facebook who are bragging that they're so happy. They're happy in their marriage. They're happy with their kids. Everything is going well. And for someone who's struggling with knowing whether they're happy or maybe even suffering depression, that's very, very frustrating. And it makes them feel small. So I agree with you in that way. Very well, very well said. It, it, you know, the reality shows, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, yeah, everyone is portraying themselves and the media is portraying, portraying these families as, you know, oh, my God, they are the height of happiness and elation all the time. And, and people that are going through struggles and, and face crossroads, we all face crossroads in our lives. We all face struggles. We all have parts of our lives that need healing. When we see, you know, what we think everyone else is so happy, it puts this kind of dark light on ourselves that we say, well, why am I not happy? Well, what's, what's wrong with me? I think the most important thing, people, your listeners, we, we, we should understand, is your life is made up a series of ups and downs. And everyone goes through that. You know, again, in my book, A Single Day of Peace, it's an inspirational novel. There's a, it's a story about a character who goes through these ups and downs, a very successful character that goes through these ups and downs. And it's designed to help people understand that this is kind of what we go through in life. We are going to have challenges. We're going to have fantastic times. And if you're in a difficult place right now, if you happen to be going through those difficult times and you see these others that appear to be so happy, just remember everybody has problems. Everybody has a challenge they have to deal with. You know, there was a mentor of mine that once said, we're either about to get into or in the middle of or just coming out of an, you know, a challenging situation. That's kind of life. And I think that given that mindset, not that you're happy that other people are experiencing problems. It's just a comforting feeling that it's just not me. You know, we all face it, but it's the mindset now that we put to it that will allow us to live a more peaceful, healthy, happy life or a mindset that is woe is me and a negative slant of why is this always happening to me? Why do negative things happen to me? That mindset is a real important thing to develop and to rely on in order to keep those positive energies flowing throughout your body, your mind, your spirit. I agree. And I'm, as you're talking, I'm thinking about myself. Um, because of my background, I was really addicted to drama. And so everything in my life was just crazy and an upheaval. This was years ago. And I thought that's the way life was supposed to be. But every bit of that craziness ended up in trauma, tragedy, all those kind of things. It never ended well. Uh, pain, heartache, so forth and so on. So now for me, uneventful is happy. You know, mm-hmm. for me to, 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 you know, where some people might call it boring, to me that's happy because there's nothing challenging me at the time and I'm at peace. So for me, that is happy. So let's talk about perspective because that's really what we're talking about right now. Um, and no two people really have the same perspective. So how do we change our perspective if we are looking at this sort of in an upside-down fashion? So one of the themes throughout my book is life is a self-fulfilling prophecy and the thoughts that you think create your destiny. There's a fundamental truth in life that the thoughts you think can control your destiny, where you will end up. So, of course, if you have a negative slant and you think about all the problems or you're jealous or you're envious or, you know, things never go right, 
<clears throat> the way the universal energy works is that's what kind of you're pulling to yourself. If you take a attitude and thought process of life is always getting better. I'm always finding more peace. I'm lucky to have my family. I find gratitude in lots of things. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a happy, healthy, spiritual person. You put those things in your mind, the energy of the universe gravitates those things to you. It is, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy that we live here in, in life. So I think to your question, and some people have a hard time with this in the beginning, it's almost a reprogramming that we need to do in our minds. Um, there's this topic of self-talk. There's an approach of self-talk. There is a concept of writing out things that you think you want to be in a positive form and constantly reminding yourself you're of that. So I'll use an example. You know, we all you know, are, are dealing with our, our weight. I, want to, I need to gain 10 pounds. I need to lose 10 pounds, whatever it is. I'll use that example. So if someone has a situation where they want to get more muscular and gain muscle, rather than thinking about, man, I'm too thin and I don't have enough muscle mass, Let's say I want to go from 170 pounds to 180 pounds, 10 more pounds of muscle on my body. I would write a statement. I am 180 pounds. The extra 10 pounds are muscle, and I'm working properly to put that muscle on my body. Something like that in a positive frame. Same thing if someone wants to lose 10 pounds. Let's pick the number that you want to be and say, I want to be 130 pounds and break down. I am 130 pounds. I eat healthy. I exercise often and I feel great about myself that I am 130 pounds. Some people say like, really, I got to like lie to myself. I'm really not that. And my response to that is you are not lying to yourself. You are reprogramming the mental energy that you have and the thoughts you think control what happens within you, and it controls the things that come from outside of you. So as you face these kinds of scenarios, it really is about reframing the thought process, reframing how you want to see yourself, and specifically write those things out and repeat them often daily, and you're reprogramming a much more healthy mindset. I like the way you distinguished between lying and reprogramming. Um, I think I think that's really important. That's that's a very important point that you made, because people have a hard time with what they say to themselves, and um, negative self-talk is something that so many people have, um, and they carry along with them for years and years and years, not even realizing what they're saying to themselves. So we really do have to rephrase it in a way that's a positive rather than a negative. Like, I'm so fat, I need to lose 10 pounds. We don't want to say exactly. that. Right. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Saying I'm so fat, okay, the universe is saying you are so fat. I'll give you more <laughs> fat, right? I'm going to spend more your way. It sounds crazy, but that's, that's the way it works. You know, one of the 50 principles I put in my book is what is your slant? Um, so just quickly, the 50 principles are mapped out where if you follow one principle a day for 50 days, and they're all different, obviously, um, you'll come to a point where you're much more satisfied and happy and have better direction. One of them, one of the 50 principles is a question. What is your slant? And I'm asking people to ask yourself, are you of the mindset and do you communicate positive energy or is it always the negative side of things? And I think as people evaluate themselves a little bit more closely, do some introspective views, they may see areas that they need to improve. Now, it's important to say that doesn't mean you're bad or you're wrong or you're – it just is you recognize I have to make an adjustment. That's simple. Don't overdo it that things are bad. I just have to make an adjustment. I just know – I just recognized I'm, I'm you know, eating too many potato chips. You know, I want to lose those. You know what? I'm going to stop. Uh, or I recognize, you know, I tend to always look at the negative side of things in conversations. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to be more positive. To our main theme of this conversation of happiness, all these things will then create these little, little signals and tinges of happiness. And then before you know it, you're like, wow, you know, I'm feeling better about myself. Things are brighter. 
you know, they, they, they come into play that way. Mm. So true. You mentioned gratitude, and I think this is such an important part of happiness because so many of us forget how much we have to be grateful for. Um, and we look at what we don't have versus what we have. And uh, I think it's important that we do have some sort of gratitude practice every day where we remember the things in our lives that we really should be grateful for. Um, there's definitely, definitely ways to do that. You can have the gratitude journal. You could take gratitude walks. But just, you know, and this is something, this is a word that's been batted around for, for the last, you know, 30 years or something like that. But it's not just the thing. It really is. Um, it really changes perspective. And when I have people who are having a very difficult time seeing their way out of an issue, I always say, okay, for the next week until we talk, all I want you to do is practice gratitude. That's it. Just be grateful. Find everything you can be grateful for. And inevitably, they come back and their perspective is different. It can't, it, there's no way it can't be, right? Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's great. That mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. So I agree uh, to the, you know, millionth degree. Gratitude is, is something that really is a, it creates such health inside the, the individual and, again, like with being a self-fulfilling prophecy, by being uh, thankful, you're attracting more of the good things to you. Now, here's an interesting story I'll share with you and the listeners. Um, You know, I do consulting for companies, leadership teams, chief executive officers, and and by all definition, companies are very pragmatic, charge forward, let's get things done, we have to succeed, do we have the right team? You know, everything is like – to the uh, to the objective of winning, so to speak. Very often in my sessions with them, I will pause all of this aggressive strategic planning and say, you know, here's something we ought to do. I'd like everyone to go around the room, and I'm going to ask you to give me three things you're thankful for. Personal things, they could be business things, but they could be anything. Think about your life for a minute, and then we're going to go around the room and it's amazing by the time everybody's done, you feel this positive little energy in, 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 the, in the room and everybody recognizes like, wow, we know we have business challenges and issues. Wow, we're in a pretty good place, you know, not mm-hmm. that we should, you know, just be, be satisfied. You always have to strive forward, but let's recognize what we have. And then I ask them to say, take out your smartphones. Everybody takes out their smartphones. And I say, okay, go to your calendar, 7 a.m., just put an appointment that repeats every day, and it's the word gratitude. So you'll just remember every morning, okay, what are three things I should just think about today? The sun came up. I'm thankful for the sun. Or I have my children and they're healthy. I'm thankful for that. Or I'm thankful that I have someone that's ill that's getting better, whatever it is. It, that that attitude of gratitude and thankfulness certainly helps us all have a much more positive energy inside of us and certainly takes away the negative, why don't I have enough? Now, as I say this, I'm also a firm believer that there's a term I use, divine dissatisfaction. What I mean by that is it's okay to want more. It's okay to set goals for the next thing. It's okay to, to feel like, you know what, I, I'm, I, while I'm thankful for what I have, I want um, something in addition in my life. That's okay. It's a healthy thing. As I said, when we started this conversation, you asked, what, what is happiness? And I said, pursuing a worthwhile objective. So it's, it's, it's great to have those, but while you're doing it, be thankful for what you have. And also, by the way, this may sound crazy to your listeners, be thankful for the challenges you face along the way because those challenges are really a partner to success because without them, you don't know how to adjust to get to success. No one goes from point A to point Z with a straight line up. It's a squiggly line up and down. So be thankful for those challenges as well. I don't think my listeners would think that is strange at all because it's something that we talk about quite often and we don't grow with We don't grow without, you know, some, some kinks and some problems. We have to have them and everybody has them. 
it's it's the way that you look at them. Like I always exactly. I right. always you know right. I mean, my philosophy is that when you hit you know come up against a hurdle in your life or sort of smack into a wall. That's exactly what you came here to do. This is one of the things you came here to overcome. And the more, the harder it is, the harder you need to overcome that because that is one of your goals here for your soul's journey. If we want to look at it that way. So we do have to overcome. Life is about overcoming. There's the times that are happy and calm. And then there's the times that we're going to overcome, but life is not going to be smooth sailing. It's just not, it's not why we're here. This is an earth school exactly. is not smooth, smooth sailing, you know? Um, yeah. And the other point is, um, you know, and I think you mentioned this earlier, basically about happiness being in the journey, not the destination. Um, it's always great to reach the goal that you want to reach. But once you reach the goal, then what? Nobody's ever happy with that goal, <laughs> are they? Well, you know, I, I think my perspective may be a little different. I think this goes back, and again, I cover a lot of this in my book, A Single Day of Peace, is that it's good to go for new things. But once you get them, if you're on that treadmill that, I got the new pool I wanted. This is enough. Now I want the new jewelry. Oh, that's not enough. And now I want a vacation home. That's not enough. No, not a very healthy way to live. But however, if you got that new pool that was one of your objectives, hey, let's just spend a little bit of time enjoying it. And and what you had to do, think about what you had to do to get it. Think about how you had to plan, how you had to save some money, and how you pulled it off, and now it's here. And I'm, you know, let let's go through that process, and and let's not just at the moment. Let's remind ourselves each day, I just accomplished something, and let's be good, feel good about that, and be thankful for that. And you probably had to overcome some challenges along the way, right? Um, if you want that new career and you got that new job, think that through and be thankful. But then it is totally fine to say okay, time for me to continue to be happy. Happiness is pursuing a worthwhile objective. I'm going to plan my next objective. And it doesn't have to be something for yourself. Maybe now it's a charity activity you want to do. I'm going to raise money for children with cancer. I am going to help this school for children with autism. I'm going to help seniors, whatever is important to you from a charitable activity. Now put that one in place. Go for it. Accomplish it. Embrace it after you've accomplished it, accomplished it. Uh, recognize, be thankful for it, and then it's healthy again. What's the next thing I want to live this productive life? And by the way, the next thing may be I want to go sit on the beach for three months. That's all I want to do, you know. I'm just exaggerating <laughs> a little bit, but it, but it doesn't mean you have to get something. Maybe it's relaxation. I often talk about silence. It's a very healthy thing for people to engage in every day. So maybe my next objective is I'm going to spend the next 30 days, I'm going to get 10 to 20 minutes a day in total silence. I'm going to stop the social media, the phone, the computer, everything, and I'm just going to let my spirit speak to me for 10 to 20 minutes a day. Maybe that's the next thing you do. So my point is be thankful but it's always good to have the next. Right. Thank you for clarifying that because I agree with you. I, I like the way that you explain that. So the next thing I wanted to bring up in regard to happiness versus elation is relationships because there are some people who only like the elation that they feel is the beginning of a relationship. And once everything levels out and it's just true love and it's just, you know, you're, you're, you're working towards a common goal and you're with a, per, a partner that you want to be with, um, that's not enough for people. So what do you have to say about that, you know, the, this feeling of needing to be always on this love high? Yeah, I think it's a natural. Well, it's a natural thing to feel it. <clears throat> the need to always be on it, we'll talk about in a moment. But first, I want to say, certainly, uh, you know, those of us that have new relationships, 
um, you know, when you first have them. I mean, I've been married 26 years, so, I mean, you know, it's not a new relationship. But I remember in those early days, yeah, that's a very interesting high. And um, that's the elation phase, if you will. Um, and, And I think it's very it's very normal that that levels off for the people that always need that. My, my suggestion is going to be think about the partner that you want in your life and define what that partner looks like to you, not just looks physically, but what are they like mentally? What are some of their beliefs? Um, What are they like to do? What, um, what's their spirituality? Actually, just define what that person is in your mind, and that's the person you want to attract in your life. If you find that person, understand that the first three, six, nine, twelve months, you're going to be in that elation phase and understand that it is going to level off. But if that person is those things you talked about, you're going to be really lucky and happy with that because you're going to have some great experiences. You may not have the elation, but you're going to have the overall happiness. Now, the piece I want to also address in my view, I believe that you have to find moments of elation with one another in a relationship. Um, You know, those date nights, quote unquote, date nights, whatever that is for you, whatever the, the two of you like to do that stimulate that shorter term elation, that romance, if you will, really, really important. For some people, it's going to a great dinner and then having some nice cocktails alone and stay at a hotel that night. For others, it could be just going to the beach together and talking and have a glass of wine or just reading a book on it, whatever it is for you. Maybe it's going on a hike or going on a retreat, whatever it is for you. Actually making time for those things is really important to sustain long-term relationships. Otherwise, it just gets stale, right? And, and nobody wants that. We have to find what do we want in, for each other, what makes you feel good in those elation moments so you can have the 1, 2, 10, 20, 30. A friend of mine is now celebrating his 40th anniversary, uh, you know, and and he has always found ways and she's always found ways for them to find, you know, the elation moment. So that would be my recommendation. Mm. Good recommendation. Yeah, I just celebrated 33 years with my husband. So it's a long time. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's a long Congratulations. time. Congratulations. And it goes fast yeah. when, it's good, when it's a good situation, when it's a good marriage and a good relationship. It goes very fast. So, you know, it we does. look back and, and yeah. we say, you know, gosh, where did 33 years go? It really was kind of like a blur. And the only reason yeah. that you know that you've made this progress is if you have children, you look at the children and, okay, well, they're getting old, you know, <laughs> the children are getting old. And I yeah. so listen, I, we've been doing this quite a while. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, some people are elation junkies in a sense, right? Like um, they, yeah. Have, yeah. they, they need that stimulus all the time. But then if you're an elation junkie and all you're doing is going from one thing to another, you can never be happy, can you? Most likely not. And I think the elation junkie, as you defined it, will eventually get to a point and and maybe it's our mission to help them realize they're going to get to a point that says, I'm not happy. I'm always chasing the next shiny object. Why is that? And I think what we're talking about here today, we've defined why is it, and we've defined how to get out of that. Um, You know, there's something missing in their lives that they're compensating for the elation, just like when someone's drinking too much alcohol or someone's involved in drugs. There's something in their lives that they're compensating for, and in my suggestion of going into silence, of course, always going to counseling is always helpful. Find what that is and let's address that head on. Let's address that head on. And sometimes it is difficult because it means looking in the mirror and it means self-reflection of what I've been doing right and maybe not so right. And what I've been doing not so right is causing these 
problems, and then I'm trying to compensate for these problems by being that elation junkie. And it's easy to beat one because it feels really good when you got that promotion or the new relationship or the new car or you accomplished a goal, you know, your daughter got married, whatever it is, it feels so good. We want it all the time. Um, but I think it's in a balanced spiritual place where people say in, in their mind, I realize that's not life. There has to be a recognition that's not life. We must endure good times and not so good times. And it's all part of the master plan of living a, a happy and successful life. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Transition can be very uncomfortable when we're trying to transition between one mindset and another. It's, it's not a very comfortable place to be. Uh, we just have to know where we're headed. We have to keep our, our eye on the ball of what is going to change our perspective. Um, and in changing it from, from what you've been pretty much doing by rote, not always just doing because that's the way it was, because that's the way your, your mind led you. I always say, um, you know, we need to, we need to um, run our minds, not let our minds run us. You know, I mean, that's, that's the difference. So well said. It's a, yeah, Very it's well a matter. Said. Yeah, thank you. It's a matter of changing. Uh, you know, changing perspective is difficult. But when you realize, as you said, that things aren't working so well, then maybe there's a different way. Um, there was something that you said before. Uh, I know you want to say something. There was something that you said before uh, about um, in relationships, uh, sort of plotting out what it is that you are looking for so that when you have, when you find it, you can recognize it. And the other thing about that is um, for people who tend to go from relationship, relationship to relationship and never really find what they want, you know, I say something very similar. I say, picture where you want to be in your life. Picture what, what it is, what you want your life to look like and measure every person against that. Is this person going to promote that? If they're not, you're not going to be happy with that person. I you love know? that. Absolutely true. Now, of course, there's always going to be differences but but I think in the bigger picture, as you've said, for the most part, is this person going to promote that which I would like? And realizing that there's going to be differences and, you know, you're married 30 some odd years, you've had your differences, you're both, you're, you, you and your husband are different in certain ways. But in the big picture, you're promoting his life plan, he's promoting your life plan. And while you fight through some of those challenging times we all go through in marriages, uh, the overall picture is you're 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 on that right direction that and that direction can change from time to time over the years, but you're supporting one another and you're absolutely right. Just like we tell children, be careful who you hang out with because you're going to end up like them. Same thing in what you've just described. Pick the person correctly that helps fulfill your overall direction so that you'll have longevity and you'll have support. Yes, thank you. And supporting one another also, and like you said, yeah, there's, there are so many changes that go on within each of us in these relationships that we have to uh, feel secure that our partner is going to adjust and change as we adjust and change. And because there's going to be times with each of us, each partner, that you're going to be, I mean, I'm a completely different person than I was when my husband met me. But we've, he's, he's been able to shift and change as I've shifted and changed. And that's what has allowed us to be married for so many years. You have to be flexible, yeah. right? Well, of course, of course. You know, I, I, I think I had uh, the, the statistic is every seven years, our body changes every cell. So we are different people, like every seven years, something like that. But the point mm -hmm. is... You're right. We all change. I think about, you know, who I was when 26 years ago when I got married, very different, but sure, my fundamental self is the same, 
but some of the desires and objectives and things I'd like to do. And, uh, you know, you, you certainly evolve and change. Uh, maybe you become more conservative as you get older, but and maybe your partner becomes more, hey, I want to do more activities when I get older. It's really an important piece to, to really, really support one another. Um, and I guess it really is a challenge is if people do change dramatically in different directions, that certainly causes a, a significant challenge. Um, but I think if you have open transparency, and this is a, I think that's a very important topic in all relationships. I talk a lot about transparency in my book uh, from a business and personal perspective. If you have a partner in your life and you're feeling that there is some separation in certain topics or issues or things, having that ability to be able to communicate it in a non-emotional and respectful way is something that is really critical for relationships to succeed. And when I say relationships, it could be father-son, mother-daughter, boss-employee, you know, any relationship, the ability to say, I have something on my mind I want to share with you, and it's out of love, it's out of caring, it's out of um, wanting to make things better that I share with you and you share it. Now, if that person takes an emotional negative attitude toward you, that may make you think like you did something wrong, but you didn't. How they react is not your problem. If you've done it in a very respectful, professional way, if they react negatively, that is not what you created. You did the right thing by being transparent and hopefully the other party accepts it and takes a deep breath and communicates their views and now it's your time to listen. And through that mutual transparency, you're able to get to a better place. And um, I think that's critically important in all kinds of relationships. Transparency is, is, is extremely important because the opposite of that is keeping it inside. And what happens when you keep these things that are bothering you, I'll term it that way, inside they tend to grow, then there's anxiousness, then there's resentment, there's all kinds of anger, not healthy. It's best to communicate and be transparent. Yes, it is critical. Uh, that's such an important concept for us to embrace. It really is. Uh, <clears throat> so let's, let's switch to our work, our jobs, our careers, and everything like that. What can we reasonably expect in our jobs or our careers that is acceptable as far as a happiness level? Or is that just really perspective? Do we, are we looking, is it the way we look at it? Or is there sort of um, bullet points that we should look for to see if we truly are happy? in these, you know, in these areas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in our careers, in our, our employment life, our business life, uh, whatever you have for career, I think one of the things that is a fair expectation, and I, I talk to the leaders of the companies that I advise about this is that you as leaders have a responsibility to deliver on something to help enable employees to be satisfied, happy, and in wanting to be productive. And that is to define your leadership tenets and live by them. Um, uh, not to make this too much of a business conversation, but I often identify nine leadership tenets that are critical for leadership teams to embrace and then bring to their, their, their employees. The same thing would go for a school district. If I'm a teacher, I should have an expectation that the leaders of my school district are going to define what we stand for and we are all going to live by what we stand for. That is so, so important because it sets an expectation and a belief structure amongst the organization that they feel like, okay, I'm connected, I'm aligned. And I will share with you that I see way more often than not that leadership teams, the leaders of businesses, leaders of, of organizations. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm part of some charity events, and sometimes I see it in these charitable organizations where they're not consistent in their principles and they don't display those principles. And what happens to the team? The team is confused. The team feels like I'm not connected, and now I'm not happy. So 
I think the first step is I do put the onus on the leaders of an organization to define your tenants, communicate your tenants, and live by your tenants. Uh, the one that I see often that's violated, we just talked about the topic, transparency. Um, I have seen way too often that leaders of organization will claim we are going to be open communication. We're going to face the brutal facts. We're going to tell you when things are good. We're going to tell you when things are not good. You're always going to be in the know about how we're progressing. They say all the right things and people feel good about it. But then when things are not going so well or the leaders are afraid how people are going to react, they try to hide those things and they think they can fool the team. And that's when dissatisfaction and unhappiness starts to spread without, throughout an organization. So first onus is on the leaders. Now the second part has to be what you had mentioned, and that is the idea of is, is it also part of perspective? Is, is it somewhat of a mindset? So Randy, I would suggest that people in their work have to kind of see the glass of has half full. Let's take that mindset that we've been talking about through this entire discussion, bring that to our employment world, and, and let's be positive. Let's look at the positive. Let's make this a better organization. Oh, and by the way, if things are going on that you're not happy with and it violates some of your personal principles, now it's time for you to be transparent and bring that forward. But again, every day is not elation. Every day in, in whatever we do for a living is not going to be a good day. But a bad moment doesn't make a bad day. A bad day doesn't make a bad week. And a bad week doesn't make a bad lifetime, right? But again, the ups and downs. Accept those difficult times. Learn from them. But have that positive mindset so you're gravitating more positive things. So the happiness in, in the career that you've chosen is twofold. It's leadership, it's delivering on the principles and living them and helping you feel connected and aligned. And it's also about you putting that positive effort forward and having the right mindset and dealing with challenges when they come about. Well said. Great explanation. Thank you. Thank you. What if we, what if we have a toxic boss, a bad boss, a grumpy boss, a moody boss, you know, um, and they just suck the life out of the, out of the business. Um, this happens. It happens quite often. But we does. don't have to stay in that kind of environment, do we? No, no. And that's what I tell the leaders. I, I share with them, if you're having turnover, look in the mirror. If, by the way, you are not delivering on the right leadership principles, your people should leave you. That's because at the end of the day, Yes, we go to work because we have a financial responsibility in society in our lives to meet those financial responsibilities, right? We have a house, a car, you know, whatever it is that we have to pay for, so we have to work. Um, but I will tell employees all the time, if you are around a toxic group, a toxic person, then you should move on. No different than if you're in a toxic personal relationship. If it's bringing you down, move on. And again, now we deal with emotions of change. We deal with emotions of will it be better there versus here. If this relationship's coming to a close, will the next one be better? From a work perspective, you are not required to stay. You should communicate your view, but you should also then realize if you have a very toxic boss, that's all of the negative side of things that doesn't believe in that silence, doesn't believe in transparency, doesn't believe in uplifting people and inspiring, they're much more the negative, you're probably not going to change them. So it is going to be the healthiest thing for you, your family, your relationships that you say, I am now going to set a new objective in my life, part of being happy, and that is finding a new job. And I know it's going to take some time, and I know I'll get a few rejections along the way, but I'm going to get my next position because I want to get out of this toxic world. Life is too short to have to live in a toxic world day in, day out. No, make the change. Yeah, and we do. I mean, it does go beyond the job because we do bring it home. If we're miserable, we bring that home. So it affects all aspects of our life. Some people are in these jobs, and they're not sure whether or not they can trust their perception. 
or perspective of what is going on. Mm -hmm. Is it them or is it the boss? How do you know what the difference is? Well, I think if, if the boss or the leadership team identifies their, their leadership tenets, you know, I, I often call this spiritual leadership, although the word spiritual tends to represent a religious connotation or, you know, that kind of thing. I don't really mean it that way. I think that great leaders created an energy, a positive spirit, a positive energy that people really want to be part of because everybody wins in that environment. So that's what I call spiritual leadership, and that's what I guide companies that I advise to do. Um, but when people are now questioning, is it me or is it them, first thing to ask yourself is, okay, have they communicated the leadership tenets we're going to live by? Do I accept them? If I do, are we living by them? It's pretty black and white. If, it, if, it's, if they're not, then it should be very clear and you should be confident to recognize it's not you. However, now we also have to look at ourselves as well and say, am I putting everything possible into this, this role that I have to make this organization, I'll call it, better? Am I doing my part? When I, am I getting feedback from the boss? And some of that feedback is areas that I can improve on. Am I willing to accept that and make the adjustments? Or am I the type of person that anytime I get constructive criticism, I push back on it? My suggestion is accept that constructive criticism because that will help you grow. So I think that it's, it's in that clear evaluation, even some of that silence time, because if you're confused about this, if you, if you take the idea and the secret of being silent in order to have your inner self speak to you more clearly, this is one of the topics you think about. And when you think about it in silence, it's amazing how clearer things come to you and you can trust it more. So it's usually a two-way street, but I think that in their really pragmatic um, pragmatic evaluation of what's exactly going on with your organization and yourself, clarity will come and you'll be able to know, is it more me? Okay, I got to adjust. Is it more them? I want to communicate. And if they're not going to change, then I have to think about maybe a new place for me. Thank you for that, because I'm sure that clears that, clears that dilemma up for many people that aren't really sure, you know, what's going on. And then maybe they're not, you know, they don't necessarily trust their perception or, or whatever. They're working on that. They're, they're working towards it. And I wanted to say that word of spirituality uh, is used in my show quite often, we, we know exactly, my listeners know exactly what we mean by that. So you've, come to, the right, you've come to the right <laughs> place. Yes, we, we, we're very open about that. Um, so, Stephen, tell us about your highly anticipated book, A Single Day of Peace. Yes. So a little bit of how it came about. It uh, honestly has been six years in the making. Um, being a business person and traveling, it wasn't that I was able to dedicate, you know, full time for writing the book, but the idea of writing this book came to me, oh, I would even say eight, nine years ago. So I'm guilty of procrastination a few years before I got it started. <laughs> but here's, here, here was the interesting thing that hit me. Now, I'm an avid reader. Um, and I, I love self-help kinds of things, and, and I, I, I love to, to improve myself and, 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 and read. So I always wanted to write a self-help kind of book. But one of the things I observed in working with business executives, uh, professional athletes, uh, people that run charitable organizations, there's something I observed about the successful ones that were happy but then there were successful ones that were not happy back to our topic of happiness. And I was like, why are these people that are so successful, so unhappy? And I started to really try to diagnose successful, happy people did that were different than those that were successful and unhappy. And I started to really take observation and take note of that. So that was kind of the thing I wanted to write a book to help people live a more happy and successful life while also connecting better to their spirituality. Cause I think spirituality, whatever that is to them uh, is important in, in finding that foundation of happiness. So as I started to think about writing this book, the other thing I did not want it to be was just an instructional, not instructional book. 
you know, do X, Y, and Z. Here's the recipe. I was interested in creating a, a story. So I wrote a fiction, fictional story, a novel about a character. And I wanted this novel to be entertaining. I wanted it to be intriguing. I also wanted to be maybe a little controversial. And so I wrote this fictitious story about an individual uh, that goes through life changes from a business uh, life to more of a spiritual life and the challenges this person faces and how this person is a very inspiring person and talks a lot about what we just talked about here over the last hour or so. And then this person, who, and I'll, I'll give a little bit more detail, this person is a business person who uh, hits a crossroads in their lives and decides to become a Catholic priest and felt that this person would be able to bring, he felt that he could bring his leadership skills and leadership capabilities to the Catholic Church to help change the Catholic Church, invigorate it, and help it be successful. When he does that, he finds that millions of people follow him because he gets media attention and they love his spiritual direction and his leadership. However, the Catholic Church is not so happy because he's a little too innovative. Long story short, he's rejected a bit by the church. He goes on a retreat, and he documents 50 success principles, that if you live by these one per day, you'll live a more happy and successful life. So it was kind of an idea that I had. I'm a Catholic. I'm a practicing Catholic. I'm a, I consider myself a rebel Catholic. But you don't have to be a Catholic at all to read this book and enjoy it. I've gotten feedback from people that are Buddhists. I've gotten feedback from people that are Jewish. Uh, so they all resonate and, and connect with the message of their own spirituality, which is the key message of the book, and then following the 50 principles to live a more successful life. So that's what a single day of peace is all about. Let's be happy by living one single day of peace at a time. Mm. So important. I guess that's what the Sabbath is about. <laughs> I guess that's where that came from. That we uh, take that one yes. day, yeah, yeah. That we take that one day yeah. out of our week uh, just to focus on nothing, family, and just ourselves. Uh, so, you know, your book sounds really interesting, and I don't know if um, if Jillian, your uh, publicist, told you what happened, but she sent me a book, and she sent me your book actually, and. I received an envelope yesterday that was open with nothing in it. <laughs> and I'm looking at really? the name, Jillian Amodio. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? And then I went to look um, at, you know, your show today. And I'm like, oh, that's Jillian. <laughs> so I want your book. And I'll, I, I'll tell Jillian to, um, to resend it because I really would like to read this. This sounds, sounds so, so interesting. Thank you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll make sure that you get a copy and I would love your feedback after you read it. Um, your okay. readers, excuse me, your listeners, if they're interested, my website is the book title, a single day of com. They can, there's a click uh, icon there to click on to go to Amazon or they can just go to Amazon and order it. My email is in my website. So I'd love feedback. The reviews have been fantastic, so it feels very good that the the message is connecting with people quite well. And <clears throat> I was I'll, I'll share this with you. I don't mean to brag. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I received the number one uh, ranking for sales of new releases in the inspirational category from Amazon. So oh, I'm really pleased about it. Yeah, I, I was actually very surprised. Uh, you know, I thought it was a good book. I didn't think it was going to be accepted that quickly. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad the message is connecting with people and uh, it's helping them live that more happy life. Well, I think, you know, this is an area, this niche is an area that's very, very important and not often – really focused on in this detail. So I think it's just, it's very good. And the timing is right. So uh, I wish you great success with that book. And well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, I thank you for this wonderful conversation. I've really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. You, I love the questions you ask. I love the paths we went down and hopefully it helps your listeners connect better with their own inner inner spirit and uh you know clarify this happiness versus elation they'll have great elations throughout their lives but realize that that's not something that should happen all the time but hopefully they'll all see that you know what i'm pretty good i'm living a pretty good happy life and for those that are not so happy right now 
put those things in place to help get you there. I like that message. Thank you. So we are out of time, but um, it's been great. Really, really a pleasure having you. Thank you, Stephen. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. So um, take care. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Or should I say, happiness and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. And be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.